0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. Today we're back for the Trader Season Two, Episode Five, titled A Killer Move. Uh, we're here with me, Kathleen, Alex again from episode four, and a new, we teased it all last episode. Our housewives, bestie boy. It is Kevin. He's here to rip the bias away from me and Alex, who are the gamer <laughs> side. Um, so I'm gonna throw it to Kev. Kev, who do you who did you love coming into the trader season two? And who are you rooting for now?
1: I think coming into the season, I have been someone who has watched a lot of old seasons of Survivor and Big Brother. So I felt like, oh, this is exciting. These are familiar Titan names. And Janelle is someone who I was like so stoked to see on the cast list. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is reality TV gold. I'm ready for this person to like blow shit up. And I thought that she was going to be someone that they tacked on for a traitor, but sure. I was happy to see her be a faithful. I think as present day, after watching all five episodes, I have to say, I am like kind of finding a soft spot for all of the men that I hated from season, <laughs> like episode one. Yeah, I feel like Peter was someone who I was like, this is such a snooze for Bachelor Nation. There's so many crazy kind of toxic dudes that you could pull from and like he's kind of messy and i'm familiar with his season of the bachelor and he was sort of a little chaotic there too but i felt like he was such a forgettable cast member especially amongst all of these titans that i was like "Mm, i could vote him out i'm good good on that and now after this episode i'm like we need to celebrate Peter and Bergie <laughs> and every man that I hated previously. I, yeah, so that's uh, that's currently I'm like rooting for Bergie and Peter, maybe more so Bergie because wow. I think he's more likable. But I'm also, you know, my heart is always with my Bravo ladies. I would love to see if a traitor won, I would love to see Phaedra take the whole thing and really stick it to. Dan and poverty controversial Ooh, take. Bitch. <laughs> I just feel like the whole season, everyone is just sleeping on this woman. And I think it would be such a great, like, storytelling arc of like plot twist, she's taking the whole fucking thing. So I think from the trader's perspective, I'm rooting for Phaedra. From the sure. faithful's perspective, Burgie, you're good. I'm rooting for you now. And Sandra just makes me laugh. So I'm like, maybe Sandra too. And she's a Titan in her own regard. So I feel like after this episode, my whole opinions and views on the entire cast have just flipped on its head.
2: Yeah, I think Peter... Remember, he tried that move with Kevin at the round table. It was such yes. a flop. But his gears are turning, and maybe it's going in a good direction. And as much as we stand parvity, it's like, obviously, I want to see Dan go first of the traitors, if any yes. of them. But I, I'm excited to see this move because I don't think we saw... And I know you didn't watch season one, but there wasn't a lot of good moves like that from the Faithfuls. It was They were kind of just bumpkining along, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and so in season one... I didn't feel an allegiance to people like I feel in season two. Like I loved Sari and I wanted her to win. But in season two, I'm like every single thing about Harvey's making my stomach hurt. Like, cause I want her to (laughs) just be winning. But I will say, I saw this clip of Janelle and I'm glad we have you on this episode and my opinions of Janelle. And this was my first Like, I had never seen her in my life. So in the beginning, me and Matt, who did the first episode, I kind of ranked them in like tier one, tier two, tier three. And Janelle was like teetering tier two and three with me. I'm like, she could go either way. She doesn't mean anything to me. She's just like acting up. And now I'm like, I'm going to miss her. She was really, really good. What I was going to say is, Janelle had posted a clip on Twitter. Someone posted a clip of Janelle and she was basically saying there's so much on the cutting room floor. Like in this episode, she had called out Parvati because Parvati was sticking up for Dan. And I think something I said, and everyone knows my allegiance to Parvati is, is <laughs> fucking insane. Pledge the allegiance, girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but one of my problems is I'm like, I am just so used of Parvati running stuff and it doesn't feel like she's talking at all ever. You don't see her talking to anyone but Dan like outside maybe a little I- bit last episode talking with the gamers but at the round table you don't hear anything but knowing that Janelle called out Parvati because Parvati was sticking up for Dan that puts her in a worse position and I'm it's interesting to see that because or not see that because it's biasing the viewers watching and I'm wondering yeah. why no one's throwing Parvati's name out. I would think she's being almost as sketchy as Dan with with the pouts and the squints.
1: I completely no? agree with you. I think that's sort of. I just watched that clip actually, like right before it's circulating on Twitter right now, and I find it interesting. I feel like there's one side of me that understands from like a production's perspective, they're creating a narrative amongst each episode to like. This is the cohesive story that we're telling. Yeah, like it doesn't really make sense to fold poverty into this conflict. However, I am kind of like you know poverty is this titan, this black widow like icon, and I'm like, all I'm getting is facial expressions and like sus kind of glances and hush talks with Dan, and I'm like. I want there to be more of a brazen, bold move on her part. And maybe that's something that we will get to see in the next few episodes. But I definitely agree with that point of where are you, girl? Like, you're making me a little worried. <laughs> you're worrying me a little bit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was Kathleen. She's like, I just don't get it. This isn't how she plays game. Like, I'm just... But now it is clear. Like It's a very weird edit, right? Because they're definitely giving her, like, the mother edit. Twitter, gay Twitter, loves Barbary. <laughs> but, like... There's a lot on the cutting room floor. It's really just her and Dan talking all the time. And then you're like, why isn't she speaking up at the round table? She looks as bad as Dan. But yeah. I guess that's not the case. And it, it's just it, they're telling a story, but it is an odd one in my mind. And it makes me wonder how I feel like she sticks around longer because I feel like they're just like they, they're they not giving her moments now because there's plenty of footage. I don't know if yeah. that's like a weird assumption, but maybe she starts to like really gain traction in the latter half like when people start coming for her yeah. on like the edit. I mean, she showed
0: her finesse, right? We, we see her gears turning at the end of the turret when she's like, we got to kill someone from the inside. He's obvious. Peter's obviously lying. Why would he tell? Like, she's so good. Right. Whip smart. And she knows how to play games like this and she can get into other people's heads, but we're just not seeing that enough. And of course we'll get to it. We can even jump in now. I don't mind skipping to the end Mm -hmm. because Like, we can get through the middle, but this Peter play was one of the smartest things I've seen on two seasons of The Traitors. And there's so many, like, flaws within this game. So it's really exciting to see a faithful try and take this new twist of the shield and say, okay, we're going to play we're going to play this to the best of our ability because the Faithfuls are always at, in the bottom, right? They just, like, have to cl- claw their way up. Right. So it is exciting. And i it's so funny to hear you say you're rooting for Peter and Bergie because I'm, like, so mad at them for playing this, but it, it <laughs> does make, like, excellent TV. Exactly. It just, it's almost like I'm mad because Parvati clocked it and it's almost it's a great move by Peter and it would be even a better move by Parvey to clock it. And, but now Dan, uh, like, as we all, we all know he's taking the shot at Bergie. You know,
1: I know. Man. And I feel like it would have been such like a, I think it would have even solidified further. The mother card of poverty. If she yeah. was like, she already clocked it, And I was like, wow, she really is that girl who is like, I'm onto your ass. And if they really were to be like, we're voting out. Peter, because he's fucking lying and that's that that would have been great tv but i am interested like this play even exists because to me it feels as someone who's never watched the show and i think shields you guys had mentioned to me this is a new format thing for this season i do feel like it's sort of a weird flaw that the cast is just like wait we don't actually have to tell anyone and they can just burn a killing and we're actually going to be safe and no one will know it's like I, I don't know. I'm like, it's a smart move for sure, but it also feels like almost like a flaw in the system that maybe people didn't think about ahead of time. And maybe the producers are like, wait, that's actually great. Let's roll with this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's like Roots and Survivor, right, with hidden immunity idols and people play it to save themselves from a vote and someone else goes home. So I think it could be interesting, like, will the, will we see like a double murder in the future because they still mm-hmm. are limited to like 10, 11 episodes? Like, I think it, it it's like a flaw, but it also like kind of splits the traditional path of what the show did in this first season and allows for more twists and turns, I guess you could say, in my mind.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the the smart play here, because Parvati, while clocking this, is is throwing under the bus like a John or someone like this who's like an MJ, someone who's a safe kill. The strong play here would have been to kill Peter. Peter comes up to both of you. Peter's gunning for Dan, too. So I know that Berge, it said the thing like, your name's written on the board. If you're not coming after me, whatever. But if you go for Peter and he was telling the truth, then you're still safe because. Peter told you I have the shield. And if you kill me, then then it's like, oh, you must not be a traitor because why would you kill the person who has a shield? But if he's lying, which he is, you just kill Peter. And then that whole play is a flop. So that would have been the smart play. But let's just talk about Dan. Dan is just so (laughs) bad. He's so like, I don't know him again. I am really tempted to watch that season of Big Brother because I would like to see. I've never seen Big Brother. I have no fucking idea what it even is. (laughs) <laughs> and you've seen that season at like, the seen... funeral and shit?
1: Yeah, because that was the show that my like whole family, like aunts, uncles, that was a show that in the summertime we would be like talking about it at like family dinners on Sunday because it truly was like on three times a week in the summer. It's literally been like 10 plus years since I've probably watched a season of Big Brother. Like their seasons are very old. But, I mean, I just hate male competitors, like, in general. So I would never say, like, he's You're such a on the a right dad. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would never be like, I love him. But, like, he definitely is diabolical in his own, like, regard and, like, played a really smart game on Big Brother. I think the flaw with this game is he is the worst fucking actor out of this whole hot, motley yeah. crew of people. I-, I just rewatched the episode right before we started, and I'm just like... It is shocking that he has not been eliminated first. Like, his facial expressions at breakfast are so visceral and, like, floppy, dopey. He deserves a Razzie Award nomination. It's just like, what? Like, how are we not, like, clocking this? I would just be like, on top of not speaking up about anyone that you're suspecting, that's already problematic. And then... Having such horrible acting. I'm just like, it's sort of a no brainer to me. And I think a lot of these people have been on television for long enough to be like, okay, you're not really doing a good job at this. Like, you're not actually like selling it the way you should be. And I think, I think Poverty and Phaedra are kind of like, we're good at this. Like, this is our jobs. Like, Phaedra is like, I've been doing this for like a decade. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's not used to being this caliber of cast. Like, Big Brother, you have a lot of duds, and you have a lot of Joe Schmoes who are quite literally not actors. And this show is like Titans. And I think something you said that I thought was really interesting about poverty is like, She's not playing the game like she might have on Survivor. And I think that's because she's still adapting to, like, all of these big personalities. There's people who have, like, different strategic strong suits versus just personality types that are, like, not really something that maybe she's used to or, like, has seen before on Survivor. And I think that's Dan's sort of crutch, too, is he's not used to dealing with these kind of people at Mm -hmm. all.
2: Yeah. I mean, even going back to the opening in the turret from last episode after Major gave poverty and ass beating verbally, Dan's like, I lit the dynamite. I let it play out. We were like, this is between no. women. See yourself out. This is between two I, women, please. Yes, please.
1: I completely agree. <laughs> I I literally noted that doubt. as like, what match did you strike mama? Like <laughs> she literally poverty was the one who was like, Housewives are having an alliance and allegiance and like I think that's suspect and shitty and for some reason Dan is taking ownership of that move and I'm like that's not you you didn't do shit babe get the fuck off my screen
0: and let's fast forward to the end when Phaedra and Parvati are like in the turn they're like okay well whose name are you gonna say tomorrow like this matters Phaedra very like astutely was like it has to be something smart sounding you can't be stupid about this like it has to make sense and he's just like you know, like uh, tomorrow I'll have a name, and and they go, Jesus Christ, Dan, you're doing it. literally, awesome. and you know want to know why? It's because the name he's going to drop is one of them too, and I'm one hundred
1: percent. That's See, why he's not telling them. So, I bastard. I completely agree with you. I think it's one of them, but I think it's Phaedra. And What's I, the,
0: what is his story of why Phaedra? I feel like he can throw the chalice at Parvati. He can throw like certain things at Parvati. What's, what do you think the Phaedra route of his explanation or okay. attack is?
1: I don't know if I've quite gotten there yet. However, okay. the sleuthy me has been rewatching like, the scenes from next week. And <laughs> Phaedra makes a comment to Peter that's like, this is not The Bachelor. I don't have to kiss your ass for a rose. Yeah. My thought is... Her name gets thrown on the table, potentially by Dan. And people are like, wait, actually, that is something to consider. And if I was on the show, or if I was Dan, let's say, a way that I could maybe spin it is Phaedra is one of two housewives who remain. And, you know, voting out Tamara is kind of a distraction. People would think, A housewife would never vote out a housewife. They would never do something like that. That's an alliance. These women know each other for years. They would never do that to each other when really she was like, yeah, let's do this. It'll confuse people. And I think Dan could do a better job at wording it the way that I I just did. But I think that he could kind of create a narrative of like, Phaedra has flown under the radar, has been so charming, and housewives are dropping one by one and maybe she wants to be the last housewife standing that is just a me i think that the internet is like he's throwing poverty under next and i'm kind of like i think that he thinks he could utilize poverty more and i think he could benefit from poverty's gameplay more than he thinks he could benefit from phaedra helping him like i think phaedra has shown that she is reactive and like not really down to like get thrown in so he he might just throw her name out to see if she has another big reaction that might cause people to be like wait a minute we're sleeping on Phaedra being one and that's that's my theory
2: well and similarly Kathleen and I were talking and she was like why wouldn't Parvati just lean into getting Dan out and it's like then you're one person like there's one person less between you and them guessing you and I think with both their names thrown out Parvati and Dan, why not point at Phaedra? Get everyone on the board, right? Get her name on the board, and then eventually you know that you could circle back to Parvati. Like, if Dan is actually... Pl- We're giving him a little more credit, maybe, than he's due. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. we are giving Dan credit. Who would have thought? But that's <laughs> something that popped into my head. And I want to talk about Phaedra at breakfast really quickly
1: because, uh,
2: like, girl, I would be like, what traitor ass doesn't care about Tamar going home?
1: That is eggs, kind of what eggs. I... Bold eggs. <laughs> boiled eggs. Boiled eggs. I literally was shocked. And I'm kind of like, I'm waiting for Sandra to be like, and that's what I'm like. If someone slips this little nugget of Phaedra being it, it would be iconic to see Sandra be like, I oh, thought it was click. weird that you kept bringing up boiled eggs at, after Tamra was killed. Because I was like, girl, back shut. she was like, not sue Not sue You don't know Sue. You've known Tamra for how long? And you're like, where are the eggs? What's for <laughs> breakfast? I'm it like, that crazy. is sus.
0: Well, to be fair, the and Sue was only in front of Parvati and Dan. So she was saying it like, fuck you, Parvati. I voted for and Sue now. That's sketchy for me. But I really do think it was a weird cut of Phaedra. Like, soon as they figure out it's Tamara, she's like, oh no. And then they do like, the conversation of everyone talking and she's like boiled eggs twice. And then, and then there's Trishelle like making a very like, again, a strategic comment about w- who it could be. And she's like, boiled eggs again. It is funny. <laughs> and I think, but I do think the editors are having a grand old time with these goofballs oh, yeah. and like making everyone look worse, especially I think Dan is getting just like the, the worst edit. We have to, I have to assume he's doing a little better than it's coming off because like, Peter and Bergy and people keep saying like, oh, he's playing such a good game. And I don't know if that's just from their point of view because he's flying under the radar and not speaking up and not saying anything, but it hurts me to hear him be like in in one scene with Janelle, he's like, you know, every day I like feel like I'm close. And then like, you know, I'm, I'm almost there. Just I'll, I'll say it soon. And it's like, dude, you're freaking me out. Why are you playing? I like this? Just say a name. And like, he should have just said Janelle earlier. If, if he knew Janelle was coming for him, he should have came to the table with janelle like that was his shot mj telling dan about janelle was i crazy.
1: i was literally like get her off of my screen i don't know her. i don't i'm not familiar with the shots of sunset but i am so frustrated by her because i'm like you were actually like onto something with larsa larsa and mj were really like raisin and kind of like we think it's an alpha male and which i think is hysterical to be honest too i'm like what year a decade are we in that they're like it's an alpha man dan
2: is an alpha in that house
1: i just have questions but i thought it was just so crazy that she immediately after that conversation with janelle and john and someone else immediately was like we need to get into a private room dan and i'm like why are you all of a sudden Confiding in this man, who you and Larsa were like, it's CT or Dan, literally two episodes ago. So I'm like really frustrated by her. I kind of am like, if another faithful has to get eliminated, I have my pecking order of it's. She's not first on my pecking order, but she's is, she's is on there for sure. Who'd be first, Kevin?
0: Oh
1: yeah, oh. I and this is a safe space. I really <laughs> the way that he one announced how he wanted to talk about Janelle was like. To me, so gross. You're on reality TV. Of course, you're going to talk over each other. I don't know what happens on his show, but that's what happens on every other show that these people have all been on. And I thought that was really cringe and like awkward. And then when he like kind of scolded Kate, I was just like, so you just like don't respect women and you don't want anyone to like have a conversation. It's like, Girl, that's reality TV. People are gonna like whisper and hush talk and maybe talk over and yell at each other and call you a selfish bitch or something. Like <laughs> that's how this works. <laughs> it's a yeah. spectrum. And yeah. from that, this episode, I I always thought I'm like, oh, he's kind of a space cadet. Like, I don't really care if he stays or goes. And now I'm like, I would love for this person to get voted out next or killed by the traders.
2: Yeah, that's the first impression you want to leave on Kate, who's been on the show before. You're a fucking idiot. You know, I'm think, like that's you mother. Don't respect women even enough to think. So good yeah. on you, I guess. You're showing your colors now that we're talking about Kate. And I,
0: first of all, I, I will say that my note for Kevin is that this man disgusts me. Like his face. Like I, <laughs> I, I, the interrupt me line was was bad enough. I would have said he disgusts me from that. But then like yelling at Kate, and Kate just like Jesus Christ, and the chewing.
1: Disgusting. This got Jail.
0: Jail. But I want to throw this to Alex. So we knew that Kate was coming. I think in general, I think it was kind of a flop on Peacock's part for announcing that and not letting it be like a gag mid-episode because we all knew Kate was coming back. We were just waiting for it. I want to throw it to Alex because um, as someone who just watched season one, What were your opinions on Cade? And like, how do you feel about whether this was a good idea or a bad idea to bring her back for season two midway through the series season?
2: I mean, I feel like people have very specific opinions on bringing someone back and throwing it in the mix. But this is what I'll say. This is what I walked away the episode thinking. Janelle reminds me of Kate kind of where she's like really like brazen and intense and gonna call it like she sees it. Mm. So there is not room for probably two of those people in the house and Kate probably clocked that immediately and was like, let me go with the vote, which was smart on her part. I and I hopefully will enjoy it. I personally would have slotted her in later if they got a traitor out to spark more confusion on whether she would be a traitor or a faithful, like, really for traitors. Like, I don't think I would think that if I was a faithful. I think, like, if it came a few episodes later, it could have been a—it could be stronger to advance, like, the twists of the game, but— I'm excited to see what she does. Her outfit slapped and slayed, and she's. I agree. Uh, Parvati's got someone to reckon with, I think, like someone operating on her level now on the faithful side it, with Janelle gone. Janelle was very astute and was a threat to them, but I think she could easily fill that void. And I don't hate it, I guess I'll say.
1: First season, well, as someone who hasn't watched, I'm curious, what did you think Kate's strong suits were? Like, what mm-hmm. do you think that she brought to the table to like benefit the show or just like. From a gameplay perspective, like who would you compare her gameplay to that's currently on Trader Season 2 still?
0: Okay, so most complaints I've heard about Kate coming back is that Kate was pretending, in my opinion, kind of to save her ego, pretending that she didn't want to be on the show for the majority of the show. Like at some point during the challenges, she was throwing money away so they couldn't win it. In fun. season one, I loved her. I thought she was like a saving grace of season one. She was the most interesting. But the thing is, Kate had a target on her back from early on. So people, but but the traitors were purposely not killing her to keep her as a shield because people kept saying she was a traitor, but also was never quite getting the banishment votes. She always had votes thrown at her, but was never actually banished. So she was like, okay, fuck you guys. I am unfaithful. Like, was like, I'm not helping these people if they're just going to keep attempting to get me out. Like, things like that. So her attitude wasn't the best. She's smart and she's hilarious. I think that we didn't need this, right? This cast is full of heavy hitters. Very funny. Like, what we were lacking last season, we have plenty of this season. But I'm never going to complain when they bring Kate back. Like, she's so funny. She clocked Parvati right away. Ah, uh, the- that's... <laughs>
1: That was something I wrote down. I was like, okay. I am familiar with Kate from Below Deck. I have watched some of her seasons. She is like an incredible narrator. And I think that's something that the show currently already has like quite a few. But I think she is someone who actually has like, she packs a punch. She can make cheeky comments that are kind of mean, but you're laughing. And I love that. Yep. But I love that moment, really, like, for me, as someone who hasn't seen her in a competition-type show, she was, like, talking to all of them. And I loved that it was Dan and Phaedra and, like, one other faithful who she was talking to. She's like, make sure I don't drink out of Parvati's wine cup. I'm like, that should kind of put some alarms for the traders of, like, this girl is smarter than maybe people are giving her credit for. And I'm definitely curious to see what fire she starts or has to put out
2: yeah and in season one i'll say just like the other housewives this season she was a really good read like she clocked traitors for real from day one but no one wanted to listen to her so Mm -hmm. it was similar to like larsa and tamra where again like i said in the last episode these housewives can read people and read people for filth they can't get their shit together (laughs) as janelle said to be strategic and vote together and i think that's their downfall in an alliance and maybe maybe next season we will feature some who learn from it but yeah, she she has a good read, so she came in and immediately was like, Parvati, Parvati, like, red flag. Yeah, I mean, poison, don't drink something someone
0: poured for you. I feel like that's, that's obvious.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I don't know if I would be as quick with that, though. Like, the way that Phaedra worded it to Kate was so, like... Nondescript. It was just like something poisonous. It's like, okay, so what does that mean? She
2: yeah. was like, it's slow. Even the way Phaedra said that though made me worried. She was like, it was like a slow death, you know? Like, yeah. it, like I'm like, you have too many details. Like, yeah. I just feel like you're saying she this she from just, the perspective of inside just, job.
1: Yeah, she's just always telling a story or a bit, Phaedra. She's just like, I'm gonna make this the best story you've ever heard.
2: The wind is winding is like my favorite (laughs) quote, and that was just a throwaway from the editors of her being Phaedra.
0: (laughs) I I was surprised if Phaedra was like. Yeah, Parvati gave Ekins too. The poison like, by accident Literally, it's crazy out here. <laughs> While we're talking about Pedro, I have to just say, Pedro wants to bang CT so bad. In
1: a huge way. And, and I'm have. here for it. And they might have, honestly. He's going through a divorce, for those unaware. So um, he's newly on the market. And I think he's he's open to it.
2: Phaedra's calling. What happens in the castle stays oh in the gosh. castle. Oh my gosh.
0: Let's quickly talk about the challenge. I actually enjoyed this one. I usually hate the challenges on the show. I think they're like, Kev, Alex, and I watched the first three. We were like on a cute little trip, friendship trip um, in the Catskills. We watched <laughs> all three together and feel like when the challenges were happening, I was kind of like astral projecting and just talking to you guys instead of like actually paying <laughs> attention. The only thing that mattered in the first three were like, who got the shields? And then it's like, okay, there's a million faithfuls anyway. But this challenge was interesting one because it was hilarious. You can tell that the castmates were having a blast doing it. Like CT being a goofball, Sandra running. You never get to yeah. see Sandra run. Cause she was like sat out of every challenge and survivor. Like all these like really fun things were happening. But besides like Peter's play on the shield, I think that the shields really are truly mattering more now than ever because if you're gonna take shots at people and like put yourself out there to try and get a traitor you put a target on your back so shields actually really do matter whereas in the beginning there's like a million faithfuls and you can kind of like you know skirt your way around it's like a obviously less percentage of you getting murdered because there's more faithfuls but it is it was interesting to see them like battle out to see who's gonna be it and again i was like did Parvati say anything? Did it get cut? Or, uh, you know, I'm watching her, but she didn't say a damn thing in what we saw. And I'm like, I feel. And Alex was the one who like said this this morning when we were doing our rewatch. Like, one of the traders needed to be out there with them to like set it straight.
1: I know. And I kind of was shocked that none of them really like initiated. Like, if anyone were to go out with them, it would be poverty or Dan or Dan. Like, Phaedra's not going and running and looking at fucking <laughs> bird boxes.
2: Uh-uh. Not at all. Yeah, that challenge really made me giggle. I mean, John, just this little British man running (laughs) around. He was, I'm like, that man watches birds. He loves his shit. And then like Kevin and Sheree getting lost. I'm like. Tweedledee.
1: Kind of perfect, kind of a perfect pairing, to be honest, because I'm like, these are two of the dumbest people playing this game. And I adore her because she is such a space cadet and them being together. Also, when they both got two right and they were like so elated. They're like, yes, two for two, two for two. I'm like, they needed that. We needed that, them to get two things right.
2: Yeah. I loved when she was shushing him too. She just kept shushing him. And I'm like, hilarious. Please
1: shut I up. I'm fully convinced that Sheree does not actually know how this game works still. And she no. is still she is still figuring that out. And I think that honestly she is probably going to make it really far because everyone is literally like oh, unless the traders need like a throwaway kill. Like, that is who I would say would be a great throwaway kill besides for John. Mm -hmm. I would be like, this girl literally is on another fucking planet. She is truly here for like a 10-day trip to Scotland. And I don't blame her for that. I celebrate her for that. But I'm like, girl, you don't know what's going on. Her voting just like completely the other direction every time. And then being like, you guys are pissing me off. I'm like, you're killing me, girl. You're not doing anything to help.
2: I want them to put like a dum-dum in the Traders next time. I want an easy get for like next season for the Faithfuls or to like see someone have to like really work. Because season one and two you know, they brought in like an extra Trader at the end of last season. It was Ari the Bachelor who swore he could never like do that gig. And he did just fucking fine, of course, Mm -hmm. as a man from the Bachelor (laughs) universe especially. But I think it's always the ding-dongs who they don't put in. And I just think that we have to test it out sometime. That's yeah, my takeaway from that.
1: I agree. I think it would be really interesting, especially like thinking about like if they do eliminate a traitor and another traitor gets poached from this existing remaining cast, it would be really fun. I think it would just be really entertaining TV to see someone like Sheree be a traitor. Cause I'm like, girl, you have to figure out what the show premise is now. Cause you're, yeah. you're on the other side.
0: See, this is a major flaw in the game for me. So I don't know that they know how many traders there even are and last season either. So if you haven't seen season one at the end, when I'm watching, I'm like, there's gotta be another, how are they not saying there's one more trader in the, in the three of us that are left? You know what I mean? So for this season, it's like, if you're really going to have three traders at the front, one gets knocked and you add another, like it's just not fair for the faith. There's only four more trader banishments left. So it's like, If you get Dan next and there's two traders left and three banishments left and then you add another, it's like they have to be three for three or you lose.
1: I agree.
2: At the final thing, if they were to get them all, then that's a really big win. Like if you were to like wait till the end and really figure it out. But that seems highly unlikely. But I was looking up like this morning when. Traders started getting eliminated in season one because I thought by now they already had gotten Cody but no episode seven so it took last season a long fucking time too and then they slotted and then they slotted an Ari like one or two like really two episodes before the end so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put it past them to do it again but I think it would be kind of unfair
0: I just think Again. the faithfuls need to know how many are left in the game. I think they need to know in the beginning how many there are and how many they need to get out by the end, or else they're always going to think, okay, we got three traders out. Is there, are we just killing people to kill people, or mm. are there actually more traders? Which I get is fun, but it just, it fucks
2: with the faithfuls' chances so bad. I think what you guys were saying in the mountains, like having clues next season instead of like money for challenges or something that was that- Blaze. Yeah. Shout out, Blaze, who doesn't even give one fuck about this show. <laughs> <laughs> he better listen to his man's podcast <laughs> about it. Um, but We love you, Blaze. We love you, <laughs> Blaze. <laughs> but yeah, I think they'll see after these two seasons, right, if it's too much the scales tipped in favor of the traders. But there's so many I, elements to it. It's who you pick. It's like yeah. there's so many things they have to think through when, when planning this.
1: I do think that that is sort of my... Well, and I have this kind of issue with, like, I am someone who has famously watched, like, all of MTV's The Challenge, and they do a lot of similar kind of bullshit, and I'm sure Survivor does too, but I think that there is this unfair advantage that the producers have to keep in mind. We have to fulfill, like, 10 or however many episodes are in a season of Traders. If you're immediately like knocking off traders, it's like, of course, they're gonna fold some more in. Yeah. But I think to Kath's point of like having like an acknowledgement of there are three remaining, there are two remaining, creates more of an even like playing field for the faithfuls. Whereas the traders truly do always have sort of an advantage. They're sort of always at the upper hand. And I feel like I'm not really a fan of if they get a trader out, someone gets. Another trader gets folded in. I kind of am like, "Mm," to me, that I as a faithful, I'm like, what the fuck is the point then? Like that that person, kind of whoever gets folded in at the eleventh hour, if that happens this season, I don't know. You're just kind of getting handed a prize package that. that, And Mm -hmm. I think that sucks. Like I do. I could understand why people would be like cast members would be pissed off by that.
2: Yeah, and that's why sari took care of business in the finale. She said motherfucker i've been doing this for like eight and days she's right get
1: out yeah literally and she's wrong and i i completely understand that pov it's, you're lying for the whole fucking time you're there and then yeah. some joe schmo at like the 11th <laughs> hour gets to be like i'll try this for one to two episodes and then like gets to get a pot of money That's half
2: your check oh uh-uh, no <laughs> yeah
1: no the way that i'm watching this season is like i would love for either one singular trader to win or two faithfuls to win. That's what yeah. I would like to see at the end.
0: It would be interesting to see a faithful win. Of course, this is only my second season of The Traders. I haven't watched anything else. I would be like flabbergasted to see a faithful win. So, you know, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, you know?
1: I think that this episode made me think that like there is hope for these people.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You I... know, back to like Peter's plan. This is like my tinfoil hat because I'm like, Peter <laughs> and them did tell a lot of people. So, Peter told Parvati CT and Dan a lie. But then also Kevin Trishel, Bergie Shere and John all know about this plan. And Peter is so fucking sure that none of them are traitors somehow. And he's right. He's right, though. He could easily not be right. And they could purposely like say Kevin was a traitor, right? And then Parvati CT and Dan were not traitors. But say Kevin was a traitor with like mj and fucking someone else you know what i mean sure sure or whatever it is <laughs> kevin could decide like okay let's kill someone with a shield because then th- that's gonna immediately put a target on parvati ct and dan the people like there is a way that peter's plan backfires but that would entail one of them being a traitor, them being smart, they're not. Uh, that's putting a lot of a lot things of that are wrong with this theory, but but there is a way that like Dan, Parvati, or CT could spin it, but they also don't know who knew about the plan.
2: So it's, it's tough. No, no, they know who all was outside and who was in an alliance together. Yeah, true. I think you're right. I think the only way Parvati could probably save herself and Dan out of this, and then besides Dan maybe <laughs> throwing it at Phaedra, um, I think that actually is a way out. I didn't think about that, but you could be like, well, I think one to use a traitor and you just kind of wanted to blow up Peter's plan. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah. it could really throw confusion, which is always better than everyone having clarity, I guess.
1: Yeah. What I'm surprised by with this whole plan is that since, to your point, he has essentially told at least seven people about this plan, maybe more. I'm shocked more people aren't like, this is sus behavior. Like the way that all of these faithfuls this season... Are viewing people who want to like really be bold and suss people out immediately. They're like they're a traitor. Vote mm-hmm. them out. Lars is an example of that. Janelle is a great example of that. These are people who are like fearlessly being like opinionated about who they think it is and why. And I feel like for some reason, so many of these dum dums are interpreting that as. They have to be a traitor somehow. And I'm just like, I don't personally understand that thought process so much. But it, I'm shocked that and maybe it will come out in next episode. Maybe people will be like, Peter, you were talking a lot of shit to a lot of people. That's kind of fucking weird. And yeah. I'm really curious to watch this episode. I, I I'm definitely like... I want this plan to succeed, and we know that it does. But I want to see the absolute aftermath, the fallout, yeah. the fallout of this fucking this power play.
2: This is absolute appointment TV, particularly for yeah. queer people. I would say <laughs> that's yeah. my whole timeline. Yeah. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah, um, I wish it was out now. I want to binge it all, but it's fun having like a something to look forward to on TV. Yeah,
1: I agree. I like me and my twin sister were on the phone this morning, and we're like. Appointment TV is back like this is is. the definition of water cooler moments where you're literally like you are edging to get to next week. Yeah, um, I'm like, I'm ready to go like we are ready to make this happen.
0: Yeah, I agree. My final thoughts are really just I do think Dan's going home next week. I don't know that he's going to be able to get himself out of it. I'm just scared of what the aftermath that Dan leaves in his wake is going to be.
1: I wanted to pose a question to you guys about that. So if Hit you it. if you think that Dan is next up, who do you think out of the traders are going to like gr- vote with the group? Do you think both Phaedra and Poverty are going to see the numbers turning and be like, Dan, your ass is done? Or do you think that my concern is Poverty is smart enough to do that? And I'm hoping that Phaedra is too, just because we've seen the housewives vote in such disjointed ways. And I do think that Phaedra is a good player, but I hope that she's quick enough to be like, put that reality TV game show hat on. So I'm curious what you think.
2: I mean, listen, Parvati's never really been on the wrong side of the vote. I feel like that's her whole career. And then, and I know Kate said, that's like a a big brother move to come in and implement, but it's also very much a survivor move. It's how Sari won last season. She just, she wasn't the outspoken person. She went with the vote. So yeah, to your point, no fear there. I think if Dan comes for Phaedra, if that's if you're correct in your like theory that that's who he he pulls out of his little hat that he's been sitting on for fucking seven days, I think she'll write his name down because she was burned by one of her traders in a different one. And I think her tolerance is at zero for that. So I'm not worried about her like messing up that strategy if he like flops that, that way. Yeah. Yeah. And Parvati will turn
0: immediately. I, I was kind of hoping she would turn in this episode. Me but- too. He knew she didn't have the numbers, I think, to go with Dan. And apparently she was sticking up for Dan. So that would have been weird for her to that, like, that we didn't see. But yeah, Parvati is like, she, I think she even said in episodes one or two, like, whenever she was picked as a trader, she figured out who the other traders were. She knew she was going to have to turn on them at some point, possibly to at least get one out. And I think she thought that was going to be either maybe Phaedra, but she'll do it. To Dan for sure so I I think they'll both Turn on Dan depending on what kind of Wacky antics he's pulling next episode
2: I hope you guys are right But I mean the track record For the season is everyone's been on to him, but they keep getting distracted at the round table. And there must be a lot of footage we don't see. So if he plays his cards right, if things get wonky against Pete from being a little too bold, Mm. these people get distracted very easily. This group is also way less aligned than last season. I feel in terms of like a locked vote and alliances, it's a lot of just like rogue names. It's calmed down in the last episode, but I, I am worried these people can't get their shit together and focus on what they keep telling themselves they just can't right
1: i think the roundtable has been really interesting because i feel like the defense attorneys are not present they are all doing a horrible horrible job at like deflecting or diffusing or spinning it back to someone else like janelle who i i fully was rooting for and i was like oh my god i would love for this vote to switch and be dan her just like throwing all of her cards on the table. Yes. Way, way too cuckoo bananas. I think if she like siloed on the fact that the the common theme of this episode is, or really this season so far has been like, it has to be, there has to be like an alpha male. And I think she is like, right in saying dan and other people have agreed with dan already and people are also throwing ct's name out focus on those two like her throwing sandra i don't i think sandra still would have voted with the majority and voted janelle out but i think that that kind of created this like oh she's just throwing like four if she threw poverty out we didn't see it she threw sandra out ct out and dan out it's like girl focus on one or two and i think you could have sold the case a little bit better
2: yeah i can't believe we didn't mention that because i was cackling you're a traitor you're fucking traitor you're fucking highlight you're the biggest (laughs) fucking traitor you're the
1: biggest you must drink that water you're 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 nervous aren't you i was like (laughs) this is what reality tv is literally all about i'm sorry i need more psychopaths who are fearless and want to just yell at each other and make up for it in the next day and i think think
2: kate will give you that yeah (laughs) Agree. I'm
1: I'm ready for that. And I think that's what I think that's what the housewives of Bravo people bring. It's like mm-hmm. their job is truly to, you know, be kind of awful to someone and then it was shown in the beginning of this episode, like she ripped poverty a new ass at the end of last, like episode four, and then episode five starts, and poverty's like, "I'm sorry." She's like, "I can forgive, I show grace," and that's how you become a successful housewife, and that's how you make great, great reality TV. Is you fucking read someone for filth, you throw daggers at them, and they maybe say they're sorry, and you just squash the beef in 24 hours or less.
0: Yeah, that was shocking to me, but I was happy. I was happy, and that this is another reason why I don't think Parvati will turn on Phaedra like anytime soon. I think Phaedra, if she doesn't have the numbers, like Phaedra is too scary for Parvati to like come at Phaedra.
1: I think I think Parvati's literally like I couldn't tell if you that part where she's like I couldn't tell if you were acting. She's like I am not an actress, and she's like I'm sorry. I'm like
2: <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs>
0: classic we love and, it. it seems authentic it seems authentic <laughs> it's like there's like a classic scene Kev you've seen Cook Islands right where yeah uh, it's the auction. the auction and she gets like this bathtub with chocolate cake and <laughs> someone shows their idol I think Yul shows the idol and she just goes seems authentic <laughs> and it's so
2: funny why are you the authority but it was an amazing TV moment like sure girl oh. sure yeah
1: this cast is just so good. I it can't. is.
2: Any final thoughts?
0: I mean, I don't. I think that was the last thing I wanted to say was the "you're a traitor, bitch." We should have just started the episode off with that because that was <laughs> that was ten out of ten.
1: Ten out of ten. No, yeah, I, have I mean, final thoughts. My final thoughts. I'm I'm obviously more invested than I ever have been. Now I feel like watching this episode. After just like reliving all of episode four on Twitter and Instagram and conversations at water coolers, I was sort of like, wow, this episode has big shoes to fill. Like that was sort of a perfect episode of reality TV. (laughs) Like you really got it all. And I feel like watching this episode, I was kind of like, It was sort of a slow start. I was gagged by Tamra getting killed, which we haven't really talked about. Yeah, we haven't. I'm sad. I'm sad. I I would have loved to see her kind of create more chaos. And I think losing Tamra and Janelle in one episode is kind of a huge bummer because they both are like blonde bombshells who are ready to fight and yell. And I will miss that. And I hope Kate can really fill those shoes. And I'm sure she will. But yeah, I feel like episode five delivered and exceeded expectations based on Peter's fucking kooky banana power play. And now I'm rooting for men that I never wanted to root for. That's my final thought.
0: Same. (laughs) Kind of.
1: We'll see.
2: We'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, Kev, thanks for coming. We're having you back for sure. This was I'm, I'm
2: getting a rose.
0: This was fun. And it was good to have someone who actually had some insight on the, on the other players like pre this game. Um, but luckily we're at a point where I feel like I'm getting to know them just from this show. Like in the beginning, I'm like, who the fuck are these people? There's too many people to get enough screen time. It's classic just in the beginning of survivor when there's 16 or 18 or 20 people. And you're just like, so many of these people are like, not didn't even get any screen time. Don't even know their names. So uh, we're heating up. We're halfway through. Um, again, we'll have you back on Kev because this was too fun um, this was a
1: blast thanks for having me
0: it was so r.i.p to tamra and janelle i will miss janelle uh she was good tv and again that was that season of survivor that or that of big brother that dan won janelle is on or was that a different one
1: because i, I know it was a different one or maybe okay. it was honestly it's been like 15 years i don't okay. even remember
0: i might do that just so i at least have like a gist of big brother like what the game even is like wow. what skills you need wow but we're watching too many survivors now for me to watch many seasons of big brother but at least if if there's one great season i could watch then and get the gist then i'll do that um but yeah that's the episode uh yeah i don't know i'm not going to even do an outro we'll be back for episode 6 uh we are Town tv and thanks for listening Woo! you're a traitor bitch you're a traitor bitch drink
1: that <laughs> you're water you <a> fucking
0: traitor <laughs> <laughs>